Welcome to the Propaganda Report. I'm Monica Perez here with my co-host Brad Binkley and our special guest Adam Nutter, who I met. Hey, Adam. Hey. <laughs> who I met through Nate the Voluntarius. We've yes. done some videos together. And that's a purely libertarian, I want to talk politics and ideals and stuff. But I every time I'm on there with Adam, I want to pick his brain about <laughs> his experience in comedy and how being a libertarian and especially in this cancel culture, how that impacts <clears throat> your work. And Binkley has a lot of experience in this area, comedy, improv, acting. And he said something really surprising to me uh, recently, which shouldn't have surprised me. I hope you don't mind if I repeat this, Binkley that you feel like the work that we do will probably put an end to any kind of acting roles you might be able to get. Is that valid? Is that how I, did I hear that correctly, Binkley? Uh, I mean, not to any kind, but to, to certain ones. Yeah, right. definitely. Okay. It didn't help. It doesn't help. Like, can we go on the record to say it's unlikely to help? Yeah, I sent you guys the wrong link, by the way. I'm going to send you a better one. <laughs> but it is, but it's not, and even, you know what? And maybe we can get into this. Like, it's unlikely to help in the current atmosphere, but I feel like the current atmosphere may be uh, switching to a silo model where it's okay if you go out on a limb, as long as you're just preaching to the choir and your infectious ideas doesn't get out into the real world. So I want to ask you guys a little bit about what, what your experiences are, but Adam, first, may I ask you what, uh, you know, what you, you basically have, you're dedicating your life, your career to entertainment specifically comedy and i think you're also podcasting what drove you to that can you tell us a little bit about that it was just drove me to comedy like in general yeah like how do you yeah. make a decision like, like are your parents proud of you no but they're still not <laughs> and i think more than they do and they still not. They're i mean still... <laughs> were they happy with that decision did they pay for your high school or college like what you know it's well, it can't be an easy decision to make that's what i'm saying yeah, it takes well, some courage it must be some passion behind it yeah so what, what happened was like you know i'm from i'm, from, I'm wearing my Staten island hat i'm from Staten island you know so like uh I, i'm i'm from there and i was i always loved comedy you know uh, and I was like 18 and I was like, oh, I could legally go to a club now and try open mic. I went to the comic strip, which is like a failing club now. It's like almost like a defunct. But it was like where Seinfeld started. You know, I was like uh, their claim to the fame. Um, I did my very first open mic there. I fell in love with like, you know, comedy. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. But then, you know, I, I stopped at 20, took a real world job, uh, which was, again, I said this before, but I was a cop in New York for eight years, which mistake. Uh, and then, so oh, really, <laughs> that's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. that's a hard job to get. And people like would kill for the, uh, for the security of it. Yes. Yeah, well, so, I mean, that's I, bad. I, I tell <laughs> yeah. everyone this cause like I have to, I, I barely even talk about that part, but it was like, uh, cause it's hard not to talk about the comedy without that part because it's like, well, why'd you stop doing comedy for eight years? Like, well, I was doing something else. <laughs> it's like, well, I got a ridiculously like, well, good job. <laughs> it, I mean, it was it was a good job for like benefits and stuff, sure. Yeah. But like, you know, again, I say this all the time. I was twenty. People judge you old. when you tell them you're a cop. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's immediate because I have to. Then I have to like go into like, well, no, you guys don't understand. Like, I was twenty, twenty-one years old. I hated bullies because I got bullied. That's when I learned how to fight and be MMA and all that shit. Right, like at eighteen, nineteen years old. So uh, I was like, oh, I hate bullies. I'm like, I didn't understand like politics at 20. I didn't understand what the yeah. police were. I I'm from Staten Island. I was like, it's, it, Staten Island is like a, the only red part of New York City. 
you know, like right leaning and they're like, no, My you cousin, could be a government job. It's like who's a lieutenant in the cops in New York or she's maybe retired. She lives in Staten Island and she yeah. listens to my show. But uh, and and I, I my impression always was with New York, the aside from the drug enforcement, like there's a lot of like really bad stuff, especially when I was growing up in New York, that you can pretty much stay within, you know, unless you're an anarchist like I am. But if you're just a minarchist, you can stay within the confines of legitimate law enforcement in New York. Like you don't have you, you're just putting out fires. You're not looking for trouble. That's the way I, my impression was when I was young. Maybe well, I'm so, no. So this is kind of so I also worked on Staten Island and like I worked in the one, two, two. And it was like a, it was like a predominantly white precinct as in like uh, the population it was like pretty much yeah. all white people. So I never dealt with really the race stuff that, you know, right. I, I was working during the whole stop and first thing. But I just stopped and first white people. So no one gave a shit. <laughs> they were very like well if i'm not doing anything wrong i'm happy to have you first well, it's, it's, like, it's not even that it's like they would complain but it's like shut up like no one like they didn't yes. care like, i don't mean like i would tell them to shut up like, I mean, like no one would care like the you know right. like they would complain um, but it wouldn't matter and here's the thing is like even again i i never knew again at 20 21 years old i never knew what a libertarian was i just knew i wasn't a republican or a democrat right I right. knew I was this amalgam of, I guess, whatever the hell. And then once you get into the cops, you're like, oh, I'm here to help people. And they're like, yeah, we know, but we're not doing that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, it's like they're like, we got you. Now it's like, it's like a bait and switch. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're here now, bitch. What are you going to do about it? I think the like, military right? is like And then, that like, you too. know, life hits you. Yeah. I think the yeah, military. Yeah, but like, here's the thing like, a lot of people buy into it. Right. Like they buy into the whole like cop thing and they're like, it's us versus them. And it's like, it's like, and, and then I was like, it's, is it? <laughs> well, you have to like, justify what you people. do for a living. So that was the attitude leader. of the cops, us versus them. Not for everybody. No, not for everybody. Not for everybody. Yeah. Not for everybody. I'm saying that that was definitely a overarching theme. Like they would, we would say, we, I, the, the NYPD, like as a yeah, whole, yeah. a lot, yeah. they would be like, hey, we're, 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 we're the biggest gang in New York. It's like, yeah, it doesn't sound great. Bloomberg used to say it was his, uh, he had one of the largest armies in the world. He does. He's 35,000 NYPD officer, like, you know, in the NYPD, 35,000. That's most than some small armies. Yeah. So he's right. But so it's like, so when I got in there, you go in like being like, oh, I'm going to help people. And they're like, no, you're not. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not. And then now luckily, like, again, I was, in, I worked in Staten Island. I, I really only, I never had to deal with racial problems. So there was never really like any of that bullshit going on. So I just had to deal with just like people hating me for being a cop, which is fine. And I was like, I hate myself. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then and I hate like, you too. Cause you're then, a jerk. I, I, <laughs> so then I try to police like a libertarian where I was like, I'm here to, stop crimes i think matter so like theft robbery assaults right like things that we all agree that should be illegal no matter what right. you believe in right like we're all libertarians right. here we're like well those should don't be illegal touch anyway. me or my stuff that's the rule right so i would just kind of police like that where i was like i would definitely take like right. a harder <laughs> his background's all star tracking i was uh, like i would definitely take a harder i'm like no let me find the guy who beats his wife like let me let me show that guy right. what's up you know what I'm saying? Because I also remember I, I have a whole wealth of MMA knowledge behind me. So it's like, yo, you want to hit a woman? Well, fight me, bro. Oh, you already <laughs> so like, I would had? do that. Like, I would... Oh, that's oh, yeah. so you did oh, the I, MMA. Oh, like... well, when I got on, yeah. Right. Post at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Got so, it. I understand. So so yeah, so when I got when I was already when I became a cop, I was already like three, four years into training. 
So I was like, I'm pretty confident I could fuck up most people on the street. So, you know, it's like, because you're skinny. Like, for the people who are just like, listening, you're skinny. <laughs> but hold on. Back then, though, I was also playing football and I was also fighting like amateur. I was like 205. Wow. I was like muscle 205. I was wow. like, how tall was, are like, you? And now I'm 163, six foot. Yeah, that's a, that's about but what now, I weigh. Now, that, that's now a now comic's weight, yeah. uh, really. You, you uh, as a comic, you get skinnier and skinnier for sure. <laughs> Well, it's More the drugs. So, <laughs> of course. And the starvation yeah. <laughs> from not yeah. getting paid. So yeah, well, I can imagine so, being but, a cop, like wanting to do material about that, but maybe worrying about facing judgment from other cops or from the audience member or from the other comedians as well. So it's you don't do dude, any about I, it. I'll, no, Brad, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I had a few cop jokes early on and I was like, this no one's but they weren't about being a cop. It was about a situation that it's funny outside of being a, a, but no one heard it. They just heard cop. And it was like, boom. Right. Yeah. Or the other way where they're like, we fucking love cops. And like, you're not hearing the joke still. Right. <laughs> so either way, I'm totally, not yeah. working. My first thought was, Oh, I wonder if they tapped him for special ops. So like, I, you know, that was the first thing. Like, is this guy, is he an undercover cop comedian? Well, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's, well, don't forget, I also wasn't doing comedy when I was a cop. I stopped totally. I stopped totally doing comedy. Like, there was no way I had time. Right. Like, I was also doing midnights. I, you know, um, so no, I, I did comedy from 18 to 20 stopped. And then I got, so the reason I'm not a cop anymore is because I got uh, too many uh, car accidents, too many concussions. So all the concussions from my car accidents, plus all my concussions from just years of football and MMA, it fucked me up. So Why like, were you in a lot of car accidents? Uh, so uh, two out of three, I weren't driving. Um, the okay. last one I was, but the first one, um, we got hit by a drunk driver. Oh. Like we were just driving and a drunk yeah. driver hit. <laughs> like, there was yeah, no, like, you know, it was yeah, unlucky. Cool. The, drug. Um, the second one, we were going to a calls for help and my buddy kind of hit, a, it was raining and he hit a rock. So right. concussion. Are you guys wearing seatbelts during this or? Yes. But when your head hits the side of your mirror, when the yeah, side yeah. window, it doesn't matter. You can yeah. wear a seatbelt all day. Because you can't. You don't, you don't have to wear a seatbelt. No, you, you actually. Yeah, we did. Oh, we didn't. You, no, but so. OK, so no, state law says no, but NYPD regulation says yes. You know what I'm saying? So like we were. But but again, seatbelt seat stops this. It doesn't stop this. So my head hit the side mirror, uh, the side mirror, the side window twice. Three times, actually, all three car accidents would happen or, or like, I hit the frame or something like that. So I never actually went forward. You know, I always went side, which is crazy. And then my last one, um, we were going to, again, calls for a cops were calling for help. And um, it was it's midnight. And I was going like 30, 35 with the lights on down the main road. And, you know, I'm slowing down on the intersections. But this girl, just girl, she was like a, she was an adult, but she was young, just ran out in front of my car. And I was either like I kill her. Or I move. It was like, was she really cute though? Know, blur. <laughs> Are blurs cute? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what you're into, bro. I'm King Shane. So I think. <laughs> but like, uh, no, so I swerved and I, I hit a light pole and the light pole, like, hit the car. I blacked out. I came into oncoming traffic. Like, well, we didn't get hit, luckily, but like, um, that was the last, that was the last day I worked. And then they were like, so now I have like, so now I have like, sh like, uh, I get like headaches. I have like short-term memory problems. Like I have a problems like remembering stuff and uh, all that shit. So it sucks. Like, you know, I definitely have <laughs> what a problem. What was I saying? Yeah, no, that's what happens to you all the time. That's why I say all the time. I'll be like, that's why I told you, but like, it remind me. Oh, you literally said that, but I thought you were kidding. 
No, it's very real. I, I really do have brain trauma. So like I have a problem. Can I laugh at stuff. you though? Yes, for that? I make fun of okay. myself all the time for it. Um, <laughs> so that's how that was the end of my cop career. And then I was like, oh, comedy again. And then I've been doing comedy full time for the last six years. <laughs> so over these past six years, have you seen the changes in the PC-ness? Like, could you actually make funny jokes six years ago? Can you still like, and this is where I want Binkley. I'm, I want to hear Binkley's side of it too, but you go first, Adam. Um, the answer is of course, yes, you can. And of course you have to change, right? So it's, you can still make funny. Now for me personally, and this is obviously and Brad can answer this too. Like it's a personal, every comic's different. So like, I don't really talk about anything controversial in the sense of like, I, I, I mentioned that I'm a libertarian in one joke and it's because it's important to the joke where I talk about this Mexico trip I went on about in TSA with my wife. So it that's, and it's a real quick upfront reference, but like, I don't want, cause it's not like, I'm not like, I'm not Dave Smith. Like I'm not like he could do that. Like he's great at making political commentary. He can make great libertarian and also outside of just political commentary. He's a good, he's a good comic. Right. So he could do it all. I'm I, it's not me. I can't, I can joke about politics here. I could be off the cuff funny. I could conversationally funny, but for me to sit down and make my whole act about, that's not me. I, I want to talk about like my life interactions. I do like funny drug things. Like I've had stories I've had, like, you know, funny interact wife stories I have with my wife, you know, our differences. That's where I sit and I like to make fun of myself. So no one's really going to be like, that's controversial. Really? Um, and I think I like to keep it that way because it's not worth it for me personally to be and it's like, because it's not like comedy. If it was my comedy, then I would push those boundaries. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it if it isn't your comedy, then you're lucky because I, I'm a huge fan of the good, clean joke. My mother has a couple of jokes <laughs> about the Pope, you know. I just love the good, clean I mean, I'm not joke. clean like, by any stretch of the No, no, I know. I, like, and I'm not, and I'm not clean, but yeah. I just... I like the good, like, and I'm, I Binkley knows I'm a sucker for the straight man. Like I like the stuff that's a little harder because the shock value, the dirty stuff, the stuff you don't hear every single minute of the day is it kind of lower hanging fruit. If you're Dave Chappelle, you can make fun right. of black culture for a while there. That's an easy right. one. And, um, you know, because only because the jokes that you're making, uh, nobody else is making. So if that is your comedy, you could, uh, you could get a lot of low hanging fruit, but, no one's allowed to do that anymore. And the work that you would do to kind of eliminate all the easy ones would be a little harder. But if you feel like you can do it, then you're ahead of the game. And 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 are you like, is it easier or harder for you to book gigs? I guess since COVID, it's like impossible, right? I mean, it's just hard right now. Like I'm just and now it's pretty much just like reaching out through friends. I mean, like, you got a show? Like, could I get on it? <laughs> it's yeah. like that. It's kind of like what we're all doing. How many you know, shows I mean, are there though? Is it like a percent? Okay. It, it, it's more, it's more. I mean, I, I live in Pennsylvania now, you know, but like New York just reopened up. Like, you know, Larry Sharp, a good friend of mine. And like, you know, I know, you know, Larry, it's like, he just sued uh, Cuomo. He just put, I even actually, this was great. Him and the owner of Stand Up New York, which is a comedy club in New York. They both were going to sue Cuomo and stay in New York for ha not having like live performances in New York and Cuomo back down like immediately. When was this? After like he a started week ago. Yeah. It's yeah. recent. Like a week ago. Yeah. Like uh, literally a week ago. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, it, it, it's coming back slowly. Um, you know, I've done a decent amount of shows since for the last year. Not obviously nearly as many as I would have been. You know, like last making April. COVID jokes. <laughs> no, because I think it's hack. Honestly, but I think there's it's nothing fucking stupid but and lame. The past twelve yeah, months. I agree with that. What do you have? And then, okay, I mean, so I have COVID one jokes, COVID. But like, what are, okay, what I'll tell it? you one COVID icebreaker joke. I, it's not even a joke. And like, I hate, I hate doing parts of my act on podcast, but this is, it's not even, yeah. oh, sorry, hon. yeah, it's, it's not, just, it's, <laughs> it's just stupid. No, it's just, no, it's just, cause it's like, uh, it's a different atmosphere. It's a different yeah. environment. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah but, okay. but this isn't really a bit, this is more of an yeah, icebreaker. No. I was like, I'm a weed smoker. And I was like, you know, my weed cough before COVID was like a dog whistle. All the weed smokers like, Oh, you got weed. Now it's like people treat me like I have a bola. It's like a whole different thing. <laughs> But that's just like a yeah. small icebreaker out there that, you know, for people to be like, all right, COVID, we, ha, ha, ha. but that's it. It's the only, cause I don't want to talk about it. Like, you know, I feel like yeah. you don't want to come see me talk about COVID. What would you so, do with that for a year? Like, here, I like to open up with abortion. Yeah. Yes or no. Just raise of hands. <laughs> now I like to eat the placenta. I don't know. About yeah. you guys, but <laughs> but do you, when are you using old material or you do yeah, have new yeah. material from this year? Okay. Both. Cause if you have both. new yeah. material from this both. year, is both. it about living with your mom, you know, your wife 24 seven or like, you know, what's the story? Um, newer stuff was no, it was just still life experiences I had, you know? Right. Yeah. Like some stuff with the wife, like, Sure. You know, but even just some just still meeting people on public again stuff and just, you know, again, do like uh, just observational stuff with that COVID or regardless of COVID or not, people could right. find, Resonate. you know, re- right. So it's like you can still do it. The first wife few get mad at hard. you. She hates me. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm home all the time because <laughs> she's a teacher. So she's out in school. She's back uh, oh. working and she's also like, she stays late because she's yeah. like a chair. She's a chairperson of her department. So she's like important. And like, she's actually one of the good teachers because, you know, yes. I hate no. teachers union. I know yeah. you can't, you got to watch that with cops and teachers and stuff. I know cops and teachers who work for the government who are, care about the constitution. You know, it's so, like the military and everything. You can't yes. judge the whole group mm-hmm. at all. And and the more that the government takes over every industry, what are you going to then hate nurses when the hospital is public? I mean, you just, it's not about that. You, you can't, they take it over. What are you going to do if it's your calling to teach and that's where the jobs right. are and that's the only way you're going to live? You well, can't Monica, here, here's the thing is like, you're, you're so she, so here's the thing. So she's a private Catholic school teacher. So it's not government. Um, right. She's the chairperson of the theology department. So she's, wow. yeah, but. And I'm not saying this because we're married. I swear I will trash she her. She's a if nun she or a former it. nun. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. She's a super hot blonde chick. And she's but, a hot smoker, I assume. But uh, that's not. Never. I was just kidding. Not no, hot. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. It's fine. Uh, no, but like she, I see. I'm not, again, I'm not saying this because she's my wife and I love her. But like I see how hard she works and how much time she puts in, and like she literally sometimes will be grading and working till eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. And like she's exhausted, and then some of her co- not in her department, but like her some of her coworkers will be like, "I don't want to go back to work." And it's like you're in Jersey on vacation right now, right? So it's like the teachers our- unions that are are promoting, they're advocating for not going back because they're afraid they're exactly. going to die. That's exactly but it. So I, don't I see even that think they are afraid they're going to die. No, they're not. They, they're lying. they don't want to go yeah. back. No, and they know lying. that that's how. That's a hundred percent, Monica and Brad. So I see that, and I go, "Oh, I hate you." Not hurt my wife. I, 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 I hate the teachers. I, you guys are fucking just like the cops. I go, yeah, 
I was a, one of the good ones at the time. And I know, and some of my friends were, but I know a lot of guys who were fucking assholes. So the overarching group or fuck, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, you were, your coworkers are overall trash. And like that I mean, sucks. bankers, lawyers, realtors, yeah. like everybody, their assholes come in every job description. Mm-hmm. But like stereotypes also exist for a reason. So you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's, I always say this, the three worst union, unions in the country in no particular order, police, teachers, and medical. Three worst. Cause they all defend each other's bullshit. They all uh, back each other up for nonsense. Uh, the guys who do stick, stand up for the right thing get get fucked. They get fucking thrown on the bus and fucking their room. That's like the worst thing to do is to stand exactly. up for the right thing in a union. You'll get screwed. Yeah. 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 And the police and the teachers and healthcare is an example, too. But the problem with the, those is that and even FDR was against this. If you have a government uh, employer and unionized employees, no one's really pushing back against the union. The elected official doesn't care. Right. It's not like a guy owns a company and the union is trying to get more out of them. There, it's like a tug of war. But with the government as the employer, there's nobody on the other end of the rope. That's why right. municipalities go bankrupt. And that's right. why the taxpayers hate those people. And that's why then they get hostile towards. It's a very it's inherently not what unions should be for. Yeah. And, that, and that's always like, obviously, like the of course, the uh, what about the road argument when it's like, well, the government doesn't have an incentive to do a good job. So it's like that's the same thing for all of it. It's like, well, yes. they don't have an incentive to do a good job because there's no consequence for them to do a good and they, job. They, they have job, an incentive so. to maximize driving, which the environmentalists should absolutely hate because that gets them more money and more payola. And right. um, if you looked at the Hunter Biden thing, they were negotiating deals with Chinese people and flouting or uh, bragging about the politicians. I, I pray for they, Hunter Biden every night. I feel bad for him. And he just he can't get a break. That guy. Yeah, I know. There's a millionaire for just doing crack with Lady Gaga. It's crazy. Allegedly. Sorry. I don't want to get. Yeah, I saw that, too. That video. <laughs> uh, it, it's. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting Hunter Biden material out there that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Yeah, it's 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 it's. But anyway, it's, it's, it's your comedy thing. I was just like, yeah. So it's like, yes. Yeah, so you could definitely I still definitely make new jokes about new stuff for sure you can still make jokes like you know uh, i'm sure brad you know aaron berg and stuff like that is like aaron berg is a fucking great comic and he's pretty dirty and he gets away with it because he's fucking funny you know yeah, so yeah. It, 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 if you're funny you can do it it's like it's like what patricia used to say you know unfunny jokes and funny jokes come from the same place they all yeah. have to be funny uh, yeah and uh the vulgarity aspect of it i, I remember when um when I first started doing comedy a long time ago, um, I did this bad joke that I only did it in front of other comics because I, w- I didn't do it for a crowd. But it was just I, I, w- I was impersonating a comedian that was trying to do like a joke at like a funeral and it bombs. And then he just starts lets out a, a slew of obscenities afterwards just to compensate. Fuck shit. Damn, damn. Cut, fuck shit. Fuck shit. Because that's just that, that's that that's the type of vulgarity that does not work well because it's well, not be it's right, just a, a bailout you'll see a comic like struggling and bombing on stage and they'll just start saying fuck as um. right yeah so, and instead of saying um they'll be like fucking you know the fucking the tree and the fucking car <laughs> and the cat hit the fucking you know yeah. right guys <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey man calm down <laughs> yeah. going, and people are like this is bad you're cursing it's like yeah because he's panicking but like if I could be like, hey, they were fucking trees. 
or whatever and how I say it and my cadence and my point, people are like, oh, all right. It's all how it's done. You know, it really is all yeah. how it's done. So it's like, you know, like, again, not reference to Sunil again, but back when he was arguing on Fox News against other you know, like woman rights people. And, you know, they're like, are rape jokes funny? He's like, yeah, have you ever heard a funny rape joke? He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, of course I have. He's like, they're all, I have too, of course. But I also heard terribly, victim. terrible ones. Who did the whole, her whole routine about it, right? Who? Do I? Oh. It, didn't, didn't you have like a rape victim whose routine was? Yeah, well, I know somebody who, <laughs> you know, they tell you in comedy, you get you'll get advice sometimes that, you know, you're going to pull from your life. And sometimes people go all the way with that and they go all the way too serious with it. And this person had a slew of rape jokes based on her experience. And some of them were quite clever. However, the way she did them, it was way too dark, way too early. Um, I actually think if she works on it, she's a newer comedian. I think she can she can make make it pretty good because she she is clever, but she's just way too like in your face with the whole yeah. concept yeah. of it. it just, she she doesn't yeah you have to get the audience ready for something like that. You have to feel out if they're ready for something like that, and if they're not, then you have to go to the next stuff. Yeah, I uh, there's a comic in the Philly scene, uh, and she has like a 9/11 joke because she was in Manhattan during 9/11. And again, I was in Staten Island during 9/11, so I get it. But it's like uh, I was like, yeah, but you're just talking about 9/11. Like, there's it's you know, like there's not really too much comedy here. And um, people are like, um, oh, we're just gonna talk about 9/11. <laughs> like, what are we doing now? Yeah, I just recently. Yeah wrote a joke about my wife and her job and teachers. And when I was in school during 9-11 and it works because it's not focusing on 9-11 and just talking about 9-11 like she is. So again, everything you could do anything, but it's how you fucking do it. Right. So I just reference it. And I, I'm telling you, it's been working. It's new and it's been working. It's like, oh, I think I got something with this joke. So I'm like, all right. But it, it, again, I'm talking about 9-11 in it, but it's like, it's just how it goes about. Now, the way she did it, people were getting like offended. I see people that get like oh, their feelings hurt. Like I know someone not, like, you know, who died in 9-11. And then so far with my shit, no one's been sad. Everyone's been like, so it's like, yeah, it's how you do it. It's all how you do it all the time. It's it's no topic is off limits. It's just completely how it's done. Yeah. Pete Davidson, I, I wonder if he does 9-11. In fact, I think I heard does, him do 9-11 jokes. Sure. He said well, Staten dad, Island. It made me think of Pete Davidson. I know his dad died in 9-11, yeah. and he does have a few jokes about it, which is a dark subject. But I, I don't remember what they were specifically, but I think they were I think they were pretty funny, the ones I saw anyway. What do you think of Pete Davidson? I, uh, I'm not a huge fan, but I, I think some of his stuff is all right. Some of his stand-up. I don't know him personally. He's yeah. much younger than me. Uh, we're both from Staten Island. <laughs> he's, he's wildly successful. I mean, so obviously I just think he, I don't know. Does he make like you he laugh? Stop trying. Yeah. I, I get that sense too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, he also, I don't know. I'm just not the biggest fan of Pete Davidson, but I don't personally know him. So I don't, I don't you know, I don't want to shit on him or anything. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He's all right. He's I, the whole, the whole, SNL and, and late night with Colbert and all that. It's just so bad right now because they're so just trying to be so political with everything. And they're basically just repeating the same things that other people are saying. And I see other comedians on social media, not, a, not all of them. There's some that do the same. And then there's the others that are calling out a lot of the shit. And I, just, I feel like 
there is a market now that you spoke to this earlier. And I feel like it's getting bigger for people who will call out stuff and who are willing to do the type of comedy they want to do because people are craving real entertainment and not just CNN repackaged as stand up on late night TV. Yeah. Um, I also think like SNL also has like that. They're just, they're just hitting the scene. They're beating the horse. Right. So it's like, they're like, and now that Trump's gone, yeah, they're still trying to make Trump. And everyone's like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> like, right. You know, yeah. it's like, but that, cause, and, and a lot of people, like Ryan Long talked about, it. he he did a whole sketch about this, how like, you know, he's funny. All these guys. Yeah. He's great. Like what are all these guys going to talk about? All these bloggers going to talk about once Trump's out. And it's like, yeah, he nailed it. Like they got nothing. Yeah. They have nothing to talk about. Like I, they just, they're like, Oh, well, how about Trump? And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, how about Trump? And then, oh, okay. It's like, and it's like, <laughs> we don't care. What else do you got? Can you, can you be funny? Oh, you can't all your whole personality was fuck Trump. Well, for yeah. the first talent. minute, there was that funny like montage. What was it? Pinkley where was it somebody, was it an actual montage or was it somebody mocking where the, all the jokes were, yeah, have you seen Trump? Like he's an orange, you know, yeah. or uh, you I, know, I, I used to go and watch all the shows, funny. Kimmel and Colbert and Fallon, because I wanted to see if they were doing the exact same joke. They were definitely doing the cover and hitting the same topics, and the point of view was basically the same. And there was a while there where they were outside of a few words rearranged, doing like the same set. And like almost like they had a wire, like an yes, AP for all, jokes. Almost like they had a propaganda goal. They had to deliver it down and because I, I just can't imagine a comedian knowingly and, and being okay with it, doing the same set almost as two other late night TV show comedians. But when you think about it from the propaganda perspective, repetition, repetition, repetition was the goal. Also, if it's on, if it's at the same time, if it's on competing networks rather than serially, yeah, nobody's going to hear right. it. No one's gonna that know. way they make sure everybody hears the joke and it doesn't matter because you're, you can't hear it in the both places at the same time. Now we have TiVo, obviously it's not critical, uh, but. But yeah, but we could all, I think we all agree that once you hit, first of all, you sacrifice yourself as a comic. If you want to hit that level of mainstream success, like, I can't be the next Jimmy Fallon and I'm, f- fuck my talent level. Right. Forget it. Like, let's say I could be the funniest person alive. Okay. I'm saying I can't be because I will never bend my knee. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm a libertarian. I'm a hardcore libertarian. I'm a fucking ANCAP libertarian. Fuck the system. Fuck you. Fuck your corporations. I'm not going to be like, fuck it. So the dick of a fucking man, you know, I'm not doing it. Like, yeah, so and, I'm, and you get unfunny that way. Then the unfunny right. guys, or they take Jimmy the- Kimmel, like sticking up for wall street. It's so yeah. bad. Yeah. It's like, who are you? You were yeah, like it, comic at one point. Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle too. Like as soon as they, you yeah. could just see the moment that they were like, all right, <laughs> you know, I'll take the money. Chappelle, Chappelle less so, I think. Well, but he did, you know, when he did it, he did it. And that's fine. Right. They, they, he, he only has to, I don't even blame him. He's not, it's not I that either. bad. But he's, he, they're definitely like, look, okay, you don't have to wear a dress. 
You know, he has that whole thing right. like they wanted me to wear a dress. You don't have to wear a dress, but you have to say one thing like this once in a while. And you can't do the junkie puppets anymore. You know, Man. like it's just yeah. a little bit. But yeah, I don't think you can really tap into your genius under those kind of constraints. And they know it and they don't care. And, you know, we had, we were talking to Chrissy Mayer uh, a little bit ago. Yeah. Who she's I, I don't know. She, I don't know that she really considers herself a Republican, but she doesn't care. Like she just yeah. she said the exact same thing. I'm never, ever going to make it like that because right. I'm never going to do that. And you know what? I don't I almost feel like they let you make it like that so that they can neutralize people who really could actually tap a vein like that. So why would you take Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock, who are really, really funny and feed them lines that aren't really funny? You could find any schmo on the street to feed them dumb lines and be host the Oscars or whatever. Why take the funniest guys and take the funny out of them? Because that's what gives them the power. You know, I sometimes wonder about that, about if that's why they have affirmative action programs at Harvard or oh. whatever. Oh, I love when the dogs games. come in. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, games till somebody's I know, he just got his manhood neutered, unfortunately. Oh, oh that's why he's got the thing on. Schmoopy. Yeah, we, we couldn't stop it, unfortunately. What's uh, his name? It's, uh, well, so he's a rescue. He's like two and a half. So his name is Pinto. Uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to change his name now. now it's yeah. fucked up. That's like going like, it's like, it's like, be, it's like being 15 years old and be like, Hey, we're changing your name from Kyle. You're Brad now. It's like, what? Right. <laughs> yeah. They adopt you and change your name. His name. <laughs> no, it definitely is. Because oh, he respond- yeah, okay. no, it was. Cause he responds like it. he responds to it. And yeah. uh, I'm not going to be like, your name is Bane now. Whatever I want to call him. Clark Bane. So no, but that's fantastic. He's cool. He's full of shit. I love the him. thing uh, about Kimmel is that Kimmel was on the freaking man show when he yeah. started his career. Well, uh, he also and, did and now he's a big social justice warrior. Do I? He did blackface on that show too. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Malone. He used to make fun yeah, of Carl Malone. Malone yeah, yeah. He did full like black body. Hey, hey, full, hey. Like, Sorry, my dog's knocking over the gate already. Sorry. <laughs> Just hit mute. Hit mute so that we don't have to hear you. Sorry. Dog. <laughs> yeah, Kimmel, for those who don't know, he was on The Man Show with Adam Carolla. Did you ever watch that, Monica? Yes, I remember that from way back then. It Was was that before or after he was with Ben Stein as the uh, sidekick on the game show? I think that I think was, was after, after he was. I think it was yeah, after Ben Stein. Show. Adam Carolla, yeah, that was that was big for him. And I'm Adam sure Carolla is like on the other end of, of it as Kimmel. Adam Carolla is there non-PC. Yeah, they, they had chicks the, dancing on on trampolines, bouncing up and down. They, it was it was uh, wrestling. Adam Carolla went very much anti-PC. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's pretty openly like uh, like like anti-cancel culture. Um, yeah, he is. He's funny. Podcast for a while. He's one of the gobble. Him, Marin Rogan, they like considered like podfathers. Yeah, that's Ad, Adam Curry is, is they, they say the true pod father. Yeah, or he yeah, met, he, yeah. Call, yeah. But, but those guys were all there in the beginning. Yeah. Who has a bigger name, Rogan or fucking Adam Curry, bro? Well, <laughs> definitely like, Rogan. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but so Ad, like, Adam Curry did yeah, appear. Right. Another one. I mean, yeah. you know, when when Neil deGrasse Tyson schooled him about the moon landing, it was like, I don't blame him. I don't blame Rogan for being like, fine, <laughs> that I'll, I'll just not believe, you know, I'll believe the moon landing now. That's fine. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, Rogan tells Alex Jones on stuff, though. But Alex Jones is there to make his ideas seem insane. Mm. Adam Jones is his own, <laughs> his own, uh, whatever, control right. position. He's but, he just makes those ideas seem silly or he sandwiches truth between 
to insane you, theories. But do you think that like he's only um but the, yeah, but he wouldn't be on like if Drogon was like compromised, like you know, like compromised, like we say like he like gave up his like values and shit, you know, to wouldn't he not even let him on the show then? You think? No, but you want at you want Alex Jones on the show. You probably don't want Adam Carolla on the show. You don't want me on your show. You want mm. Alex Jones. Oh, I see what you're saying. Hey, right. Nine Eleven was an inside job, and uh, aliens are whatever. Uh, Talk about taint frogs. agents. You, the term you created, taint right. agents. Oh, taint agent. Yes, a taint agent. Which well, it's like cool. the whole last word conspiracy is like was like came as a CIA like uh, way to like what make conspiracy? people sound crazy, right? Like, like the, the the word conspiracy. Oh, yes. With, was with like a order, CIA, yes. like... Uh, For JFK. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a whole thing, uh, which is interesting. Yes. So that's what they... They're very sophisticated. Binkley reads a lot of stuff about how they do propaganda, their spy tactics. I read a lot of stuff about actual... Um, uh, the documentation about... I was just reading one about MK Ultra and all this, like, real documented stuff. They go very deep with the psychology and sociology of propaganda from deciding what groups are going to be hit in what ways to make sure that different groups get certain pieces of propaganda and only those certain pieces of propaganda. They uh, cognitive infiltration was Cass Sunstein, which was Obama's mm. information czar, like we need an information czar said what you do is you go to these conspiracy theory websites and you inject something crazy into the comment section or whatever, like that's literally in his right. his memo. So what that's exactly to me defines Alex Jones. And I don't I'm not saying that Alex Jones is in on it, because if you look at I read a book called Conjuring Hitler and it said how the British wanted to undermine German society, but not topple the interrelationships among the bankers in England and Germany and stuff. And in all those years with 60 million people dead, they never stopped funds flows, but money always kept fun flowing. So they had to find, they, there were a lot, a lot of unrest because there was political turmoil at the time in Germany after World War One, and they cast about to find a grassroots leader who would actually destroy the culture without destroying the hierarchy. And so they cultivated, they found, they identified Hitler as one of those people. I think they probably identified 20 people like that and they cultivate them. And the one that works is the one, you know, they, they can just let it go after that. So for me, I don't necessarily think people taint agents are witting as yeah, they make it a competition too. They, people, they put them in positions where they can organize. So maybe you'll, they'll have Stacey Abrams when she was younger, or you, you're, you're going to see if you can organize your college during the Rodney King rise, did a good job there. The next time, uh, maybe it's a, a corporation she's organizing around for a labor union. Then it's organizing blocks for voters for, for the governorship. And then it's the trying to turn Georgia blue. So as they showed their ability, they went out over some of the other activists. They all go to these activist training schools, like these very exclusive schools where they learn these skills. And then the, I guess the cream of the crop rise, rises to the top, so to speak. Yeah. Like I always think yeah. Ted Cruz and Trump and Hillary were all in the running, really, 
because right. they all would serve the purpose of either have, having the pendulum swing, you know, creating a reaction, but whatever, or, or, or testing the waters and seeing which of the scenarios they literally run scenarios. Rockefeller Foundation, World Economic right. Forum, they literally run scenarios and they and maybe they throw out these crazy things just to see how far they can go. Is that we your have a comment. Now? Are you kidding? That's my that's Edmund that was doing <laughs> that. That's my dog. <laughs> we have a comment from Cat so Douglas. She yeah, says um, it's like dark marketing for life control. This is a comment on Rockfin. Dark marketing. I don't like what we were just talking about. It's like oh, dark yeah, marketing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. A life control. As in like, it's like, uh, it's like you're pitching like, like an ad, but like a negative ad to control life. As yeah. Yeah. To yeah. Ad to control. I, 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 guess I think so. Yeah. Like, I don't I understand what you're saying. So in other words, like um, the way they're kind of orchestrating it, right it's like it's like a negative cloud around us to bring the negative out of us instead of like a positive i think is what she's trying to say oh. like the control is always negative as opposed to the positive i think is what she's trying to say yeah yeah propaganda is right. similar yeah. to, to marketing yeah. marketing for, to control our lives it's all, all the media um, i mean the world. Look, look at what they do for biden though like the how the media just propagate I, oh, oh i just, i wrote this down because i thought it was very interesting and this is fun for all my fucking dumb liberal friends who fought me for, I don't know, uh, three months before the election about how dumb I am for saying that Trump and Biden are both equally awful. And then I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Biden, I think, is worse because here's why. Um, yeah, I no, agree but I, by the way, it's not even like I agree with all of these on the list. I'm right. just saying these all things that he promised these fucking idiots that they yeah. voted for and that he did not follow. through. So. No $15 minimum wage, bomb Syria, threatened Iran, cancel the pipeline, which caused loss of jobs, gas prices higher. And Canada is also mad at us because they also were part of that deal. He lifted the trans ban in the military and now suicide rates among those soldiers overseas rose drastically. Uh, kids in cages, but there are facilities now. Um, and they just got boasted up to 100% capacity uh, yesterday. Um, still operating private prisons, a huge number of deportations, a catch and, re catch and release program during a worldwide pandemic. Biden canceled Operation Talon. You guys know what Operation Talon was? Operation Talon was put in by Trump to purposely target and get rid of pedophiles uh, and deport them. Yeah. And then Biden canceled it because, yeah. you know, <laughs> can't have too many pedophiles running around this country. And then um, uh, also no UBI or Medicare for all. But you, hey, guys. Let Trump out. I mean, that you sound a lot like a, a white nationalist Nazi right now criticizing Biden. I have to put that out there. That is that is true. And You're they're, they're already racist. starting to blame the Syria bombings on Trump. Biden had to bomb Syria because of Trump, because Trump pulled the tree out of there. And, and crazy. Did you see the story? We talked about this, Monica and I did on the show yesterday that they had a story about Biden. And the story was. Biden stopped a second attack oh. on Syria while the missile was in the air when he found out there were women and children on the ground. And then it said, and the first strike was from the advice of his defense secretary. So Biden saved the children, blamed the first bomb on the black guy. Yep. Um, I actually emailed, I actually sent a tweet out trying to find it. <laughs> it I think it was just, um, oh, right. A bunch of laughing emojis and Totally believable. Right, yeah, that's what it's I wrote so because that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's total bullshit. And then you know what he did? Then he saves a family from a burning fire. Right. Yeah. A house he, fire. Biden personally himself. It was like you and put the kid on his shoulder. 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he smells the hair while it's still on fire. <laughs> it's Are nuts. you kidding about the fire? Yes. That okay. was me trying to be funny. No, because that's how ridiculous <laughs> propaganda is these days. Right. It, it, it's a great point. Like that art, that article could have been in the onion. And I would right. laugh my ass off. When I read it, I thought it was the Babylon Bee. I was like, funny. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is, this is CNN. Okay. <laughs> and my point, I mean, not to make the actual point, but the first one clearly killed innocent people. That's what bombs do. They all so do. So <laughs> there's not a bomb that ever went off that did not kill an innocent person. That's that's just what they're for. There no no convicted criminal has ever been killed by a bomb. <laughs> so that no no they, they have just with other people. <laughs> right. They yes, also yes. have. They, they yes, with that's them. true. Okay, so not uh, not everyone killed by a bomb is innocent, but there is no way that his previous bomb was justifiable. I, it's just I, funny because he said it was self defense against Syria. Right. And I have to say we do have the air raid siren every once in a while for all the Syrian. attacks tax on LA. I don't know. Right. Oh, I have out um if remember when uh Trump bombed the Syrian commander and then if you look at all the, the their tweets from back then like what's your uh, Pisaki his press secretary? Yeah. Like, Pisaki, do we even have yeah. legal authority to bomb Syria? I don't know bitch do right. we? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> and, and well, they now they do the four UN. years later you fucking bitch. You yeah, know, they throw like, it in your what? face too cuz it's so you can pull the tweets up. It's it's like if they leave it there they don't just care. so we can find it and and, and just have our minds be like what well, the contradiction, the hypocrisy, getting the public just okay with it. Just this logic proof well, departments in their brains. Yes, it really goes to this thing that I see. Not only do they have people, I, I, my attention span has diminished by 90%. Like I will sit there. I can tweet for an hour and a half. I try to read a book and a page in I'm tweeting again. And I'm like, what? Where did this right. Come from? Yeah. 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 It's awful. So the kids are like that. And then layered on top of not being able to pay attention enough to anything. There's this like a, a terrifying fear of ostracism for not saying or thinking the right things, almost to the point where be like the way teenagers want to be fashionable, like you have to wear your cuffs a certain way or whatever. Yeah. You have to think the thing that's or it's slang, the way slang changes quickly. As soon as I would pick up on a slang of my kids, there's it has to move on because my mom just said it. <laughs> yes, that's how absolutely. these thoughts, that's what these thoughts are. You almost need to stay ahead of it to prove that you are totally plugged in and you know one of like the cool kids i want to i want to follow up with kat she did she explained a little bit she was talking about like if we were in marketing talking about the targeted groups for to control their lives through the propaganda targeting those specific groups and absolutely it's brain control that is hitting different segments of the population but she also she had an interesting term she called it it's like live sociological games propaganda is. And that is, it's like they're playing a game with the entire country of the world at this point. And they're just some social scientist in an ivory tower somewhere, rubbing their hands together, collecting all the behavioral data. Yes. And it's, it's a war game because this goes yeah. right to what I think about 9-11. So I think basically to encapsulate it in one stylized sentence, I think Dick Cheney did 9-11. And I think that he did it the same way for this in the same mindset as other presidents have instituted the draft. That they're like, mm -hmm. we're going to take people who are not volunteering 
and we're going to kill them for our political purposes, which are so unpopular that no one would actually sign up for it. But we're doing it for some kind of greater good. And and I feel like so. So to the extent and even like when you read some of Churchill stuff, he's like that. He's like, I can't wait to have war. War is great. Yeah, he he loves he loves war. war. Who's a politician? They have to end. This is what really freaks me out about the elites, especially if it comes to chemtrails or uh, uh, illness or bad food or anything that might actually hurt everybody. They simply I was raised thinking there, but for the grace of God, go I. Why do you not want why do you care about poor people? Because you might be poor or you're lucky you're not that poor. Or why do you care about immigrants? Like, what if you're in from a shithole country and you want to get out? Like, you should care about those people. Like, there's a karmic or moral or whatever. And it seems to me these people feel like, well, I are, I've already been born. Therefore, abortion is fine. You know, like, I, and I'm not I'm not making a comment about any of that stuff, immigration or abortion or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for you to be so elite about a draft or war or um, destroying society, you have to believe that your descendants or the people you care about are above it and that you can insulate them going forward. Or you have to go full baby's blood and be willing to sacrifice your own descendants, which when you dig into some of that occult stuff that comes up many times, that the, the kids they get are their own. Now they get rid of the dumb one. That they some of have, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, if you look at who shot Reagan, it was the kind of off kilter brother uh, or son of a Bush friend. Yes, friend. the Hinkley's. Yeah. Oh, uh, Bush uh, wasn't Bush senior um, out to dinner with like his father that night or something or, like that. Or the brother went to lunch. Whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah whatever. But yeah, it's all wild. Shit, with Prescott like, Bush. No. No. Oh, okay. Prescott Bush was a he was the a Nazi, Nazi banker. era. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, good, good old Nazi era, the Bush family. <laughs> there's definitely like that's cr- isn't that Nazi crazy that people kind of brush that off? The, the Prescott. Just, but, but it's crazy again. But just talking about like, we just have people brush off like Obama bombing eighty eight percent innocent people. Like no one gives a fuck. Twenty thousand bombs a year for Obama. Small bombs. Four though. years Small ago. Bombs. Small right. bombs. <laughs> yeah, Monica, tell him the story about oh, yeah. the, the cabinet. So I was in a uh, limousine. Literally, it was a limousine liberal. I got a black car, you know, from the city. And the driver was uh, just I thought it was insane that he was like just spouting off about politics. I was it's like, is this nuts. your last day on the job? I'm going to kill myself a- soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're coming me so so he's going on and on and he and i was just like hey buddy i don't care if you like obama and hate whoever else but obama just so you know dropped twenty thousand bombs this year and last year on syria and uh and the guy said they were very small bombs hilarious so, so, so I was funny. like, OK, what's your address? Because he has an extra oh one. It's very small. And maybe you just drop it on your house. Dude, I'd be like, Yo, can I open up for you? Because you're the funniest guy of all time. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the, but that's like, a, and you know, what's scary. That's a real thought he had. Like that was he wasn't yes. trying to be. I, I, I wasn't there. I can't get. No, he was dead bet. serious. He, was a yeah, he wasn't trying off. to be facetious yeah. or coy. No. He was being. And but like and then you see, but I've ta- I've also we've also had people like that where you're like. 
well, they're lying. And then here's a proof. And then right. and they'll be like, well, I don't, I don't think so. I go, what does that mean? Oh, I don't think so. I, I don't have a perfect yeah. example. It, it, cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to use it. So I for so for years, I was on the radio on the conservative channel, like the kind of rush channel. And uh, I would Obama was president and I would go on and on about the Bill of Rights. He's not commander in chief until called into actual service. And this is the Fourth Amendment, what it looks like going on. on. Three hours long was my show. I would get callers, Republicans the entire time reading the Constitution to me, like reading like big snaps, big snaps for your Bill of Rights stuff. You know, the day Trump took office, this is a quote, a quote. When I said the thing about the commander in chief is not the commander in chief unless he's called into actual service. That is a quote from the Constitution. The answer was. You are quibbling about semantics <laughs> after getting quoted all day. <laughs> yeah. so I'm reading from the Constitution. It's not that long. My, it's really uh, smart. Short. There's no semantics. It's just like it says in three words what the truth is. Yeah. That what about is whatever? No, that, that argument boils my blood because my wife will do that to me with some things. We'll, we'll be arguing and and she like, well, she's like, well, you know what I meant when I I, I said it. I, I'll be because I'm like, well, you said this. She's like, no, I, that's not how I meant it. I go. Well, you said a thing, so I took it exactly how you fucking said it. And then she'd be like, well, well, you should know better. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. We all agreed upon a lexicon and fucking uh, English language wow. we use. Yeah. And well, you're going to be like, well, now we don't women, use that now. Yeah. It's like, right. what the fuck? Women. Well, well, my women all, they do that a lot. They don't necessarily says, mean what they say. <laughs> okay. Well, what my husband does is he denies that he said it. Yeah, I do too. But that's not what's wrong us. Around you guys. <laughs> we are not going to be friends anymore if you generalize. I'm kidding. Oh, no, I'm totally kidding. Not you, awesome. Adam. We can be oh. friends, but Binkley, I, mean, I can't be friends. No, not all. Not all women. Gonna... Not all the time, of course. But it just you know, from time to time, it's it's uh, the like, he's right. Suffers from stereotypes about women. It's yours truly. I would say that I that if I'm judged by the standards that people impart to women, then I am getting misjudged. Regularly. Sometimes a, w- a woman that you're in a relationship with just expects you to know. And we can't read minds. That's true. That true. Every boss I ever worked for wanted me to read his mind. Oh, really? Yeah, well, because we yeah, expect, oh, yeah. I'll yeah, tell you yeah. why. Because because you guys are better than us and we expect more. <laughs> nice save, Adam. Bigly, come on. You got to remember that. No, yeah, I got that one definitely down. But yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we we have a lot of flaws. Definitely. You have a double standard because you're superior. That's nice. That's it's like it's like women and men's sports, like women in the sport of argument have to be handicapped. Yeah, you get your own league because we can't compete. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's like honestly, because I'll I'll out argue my. I, in other words, like if I get into argue my wife, I'll talk myself into losing, even though I could be right. I'm like, oh god damn it! And she beat me because she's better at this. Oh, I do that right. to the point where I feel yes. so guilty when I'm winning an argument, even though I'm wrong. Yes. My husband laughs at this that I will tell him I'm like, what you're supposed to say now. Like the counter argument is this. Like he laughs and tells jokes at parties. He's like, if I'm losing the argument and like she knows she's wrong, she will give she will feed me the line. Yeah, <laughs> saying you guys are fucking geniuses and we're I, I we just say what's in our like we don't have there's no filter. <laughs> 
So yeah. we're like fucking clouds are weird. And we're like, what? <laughs> and, then, and then you guys are way smarter than that. And you'd be like, well, clouds are like vapor. And you're like, I'm like, you, you okay. You just described the, con- <laughs> like, yeah, what the chemical makeup of a cloud. Thing. It's like, I'm yeah. not going to fall for the you guys are smarter thing. That no, I'm not going to do. I'm being sincere. But I'm dumb. <laughs> we do have different, <laughs> we do, we probably do have different styles that you could generalize against the mass of the population. But I uh, I don't I'm such an individualist that I hate to be referred to in the collective. No, I mean I am I'm, too. I'm but again, it. It, it is funny again. Like stereotypes do exist for a reason. When, yes, when you, yes, yes, again, yes. When, when you when you sometimes you paint with that broad brush. Yes. Even if you're in that category, and you're like, I want to be in that category, but party's like, okay, well, that's you're, me too. Oh, PMS is real. I'll tell you this right now. I do that. I have male and female children, and my own experience. I have eight brothers and sisters. There's absolutely uh, hormones have power. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. No question about that. It you is- do. My <laughs> wife is five foot, 125 pound blonde chick. And I am scared of her. And I used to fight <laughs> men in cages. <laughs> and she's horrified. <laughs> oh my, I fucked that paint on the wall one time. And she was like, fix it. Like, okay. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you you did you what? You did what on the wall? I, you fucked, up, that- I fucked that paint on the wall one time. Oh. Yes. And I thought you said you peed like, on the wall. I, like, I did because, <laughs> but, she, but she didn't take it well, right? I mean, that's just, she wasn't like, oh, could you fix that? She was like, why did you? This was, okay, yeah. this is how bad I had it once. There was a commercial. It was for PMDD. So it's for if you're a complete effing psycho, which I definitely had my um, years of that. And the ad was the chick was brushing her hair and the guy was in the doorway in the bedroom and he came in and he was just in the door. He's like, what? What are you doing? And she was just like, what the fuck? What the hell are you talking about? What am I doing? Isn't it obvious what I'm doing? Like, what do you want? And I'm sitting there watching it and I was like, she's totally right. <laughs> so I totally, she was being just, dis- nobody thought that was funny. No, no, no she I'm was, sorry. I, 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 yes, I always laugh out loud sometimes. I'm sorry, I'm a comic. I'm dead inside from laughing. She was, so she <laughs> was depicted as a psycho. Yeah. And I so totally <laughs> identified with her that I thought she was right. Yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, but I also will look at psychopathic behavior on TV sometimes. I'll be like, this guy's this guy got it right. And people are like, what? He's crazy. I'm like, yeah, totally. I was kidding. Yeah. Cedric <laughs> just said that Bill Cosby was a, was a hero. So no, that's what I say. Well, yeah, I tell people my friends go on a date. I'll be like, just tell her to open up with, uh, you know, I, I, Watch Cosby is my favorite comedian, him and Lucy <laughs> Kay, my two favorite comedians. And uh, I love Harvey Weinstein movies. It was like when we were on Tripoli, people have said this to me, or was oh, it yeah. you who was saying this? Where we, so we're, we were, had the privilege of being on Sam Tripoli's show together, and we were talking about something totally unrelated, and I was like, well, plus Bill Cosby is like in jail for no good reason. I'm completely it, yeah. Innocent. Sam and was it, like, whoa, whoa, what? There was just like little head explode emojis going <laughs> off everywhere. It's like, what? It was what? hilarious. Does, does everybody yeah. not know that? It's like, well, we know that, but we can't say it. Like, yeah. I'm not saying he was innocent. I'm saying that he was false. He was convicted in violation of every law and he was convicted of something he didn't do. He right. did something. Oh, I for sure think he him. was raping and drugging chicks. For he sure. Was not. He was not. Oh, what was he doing? No. Then? 
He had stockpiled quaaludes after they became illegal. And I remember because I have eight brothers and sisters who uh, would quaaludes were legendary. People like remember right. yeah, no, no, were, Wolf okay. Wall Street. I get it. So people liked them. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. People yeah. liked them. So he stockpiled them because they had so much value and he would offer them to people. And they would go to his apartment or house or room or whatever and take them and drink wine. And he intentionally did that so that he could seduce them, which he did. But he was not slipping people's roofies and raping them. That's and, one step below rape. <laughs> right. And the conviction, the sentence is a lot, lot different. Holy Christ. That's still super not cool. <laughs> it's super not cool. The, but but that, this is the, I think, a greater point that you've made about this before is, is that by um, making it somebody like Bill Cosby, who morally you're just no, you're not going to side with him. He's not likable in this context. He's, wolf. Yes. That he's you can violate wolf. his rights and nobody will care because right. he is not a redeemable character in most people's eyes. So therefore right, right. you can get away with it, uh, taking away the rights of him. And then you maybe you apply this to other people as well in the future. First, they came for the mashers. Yeah. Right. Like Alex well, Jones. Right. When Alex well, Jones got kicked off. Nobody cared because right. so many people did not like and him. And then I got kicked off. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I know. It, you know, you guys are right. I mean, even, um, gee, fuck, see, brain trauma. Sorry. Uh, are we nope. screwing you up, Adam? Is like, nope. did we go too far? Nope. Hold on. <laughs> you said Alex Jones. Fuck. Lost it. Got uh, kicked off. <laughs> I got kicked off like Alex Jones got kicked off. And remember. they first they came for the mashers. Yeah. I, if it hits me, it hits me. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, this is how my brain works now. I, I hate to, uh, I know that you don't want to be super, super. I know that you care about, being offensive and being unjust. So I don't want to drag you into my world of casual Bill Cosby reference. No, I don't give a shit about. Oh, I remember now. Bam. Bill Cosby brought it back. Uh, the Crystalia thing. Oh, yeah. Where he never te- again creep, but never did anything. I think as soon as far as I could tell, every time like he found out a chick's age, he was usually like, oh, I'm saying he's like, oh, well, peace. Like he never like, and I don't agree with the power thing. Like grooming, eh, I don't know. I, I, if you're I not, if you're not fucking like a seventeen. So essentially, his apology was awful. By the way, his apology was essentially like I was too good looking and fucking too many chicks. I don't know, it was crazy. That was essentially his apology he gave. Yeah. But like the story was, <laughs> like Bill you know, Cosby. he was gro- like the the story was. Oh, he was like fucking underage chicks. And then it went from oh no, actually he was just like talking underage chicks. Then it was actually he was grooming underage chicks. And I was like, all right, well, how many times are we gonna move this goalpost? But you because- know where the grooming part came from, I think anyway, is he played a character that was a, yeah, pedophile, a pedophile who groomed yeah, huh? children on that sh- on uh, some Netflix. Show. I can't remember what the name of it was. Show you. you, yeah, that's right, you. Was the whole is now, this whole thing a psyop, Binkley, or is this a real story? I, no, no, no. I, what he was doing, which because before he got, he has a fiance and he has a kid now. But before, let's be honest, he's a fucking a gigantic headlining comic, multiple Netflix specials. He's a star. He's a good-looking young dude. He g- chicks like if you talk to other comics who know him, like when he was at the comedy store, you know, he's a regular at the comedy store. They, they they would say like girls would come out in packs just to try to fuck Crystalia. Like it, it's not like they weren't fucking around. I so it. like, yeah. yeah. So he would just roll into towns, open up his DMS and be like, who am I going to fuck? It was that, that's what it was. But you know, he would message a lot of 
he would message like 50 girls. Oh. So all these girls who message him, probably some of them are probably 16, 17. Like, I love your comedy. He just sees a picture. He's like, and let's be honest, a lot. I, I, I sometimes chaperone Swipe prom. But Swipe right. Sometimes I chaperone prom with my wife. And I'm like, who's that teacher? She's like, that's a student. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 25. They, they look, there are kids that look yes. just way too old. That's why it's I used to bet so, you're crazy to go be a high school teacher. Cause I, I right. see these stories <laughs> with these guys, they'll be in their mid twenties or maybe early thirties. They end up getting in some weird sex thing with a student. And then the student looks like she's 25 years old. And it's like that. Don't go be a teacher. The difference is though, that. you know, that's a student. And you're still doing something yeah. morally wrong. The difference, yeah. I, the thing, the thing with delay is he doesn't. He doesn't. He just. He's just seeing a picture. He's not fucking doing research. He's getting a hundred fucking DMs a city. You think he's so, going like, let me see her background. Yeah. So he was messaging him back and being like, hey, come to my hotel room, let's make out. It's like he was being very open and honest. But some girls would be like, hey, I'm 17, and he'd be like, okay, well, peace. Or like, hit me up when you're 18. So what's which grooming? Is, apparently, grooming is like, an, you're you're like an underage girl who might be into you. You're like, hey. You're Let's talking to your her. Birthday? Yeah. You're like, Hey, when you're 18, hit me up. Hey, like, Hey, like, you know, I can't do anything now, but soon, which is again, it's fucking creepy. Yeah. I'm not, I, I wouldn't do that. I do think it's creepy, but like, well, but it's, that's not, the it's not legal though. It's not legal though. Right. Civil law and moral exactly. law. Exactly. What Bill Cosby mm-hmm. was doing was disgusting. And what, and maybe the women who cooperated weren't, you know, cautious enough or, you know, I don't know what what how one could have helped their daughter's guard against a guy like that. But they ended up letting their feet walk into his apartment alone. And that is a dangerous thing. And then you look at what morality is there for. And morality is to pressure people into doing things that are better for their higher selves, I think. And even if you want to say then society too, but, but the law is not for that. Putting people in jail is not for that. Right. No, I agree. That's what I was saying. I was like, well, I, I mean, yeah, he's creepy for doing that, but he didn't seem like he did anything illegal. So why are we fucking canceling Crystal? And I kind of feel like we also have spent the last 50 years tearing down standards of sexual morality. I I don't care. I'm not like a a crusader for sexual morality. I'm just saying society has prepared us to have no, to not judge each other for any kind of sex stuff. And I think that, that all these people are being kind of post facto. It's almost like a post facto law, a law that changed after your behavior. It's this hashtag lingering hashtag me too thing also where it, mm-hmm. it when everybody's getting accused of everything, then anybody can just jump in and make accusations. Maybe they're true. Maybe they're not. But it opens the door for charlatans to to take advantage of it. Try to get money, try to get somebody to pay him off to, to well, shut that's up. That's what happened to Bill Cosby, that Andrea Constant. The prosecutor said there just isn't enough there. They had a witness who said that she said that she was going to set Cosby up. 
And then so they so he wasn't didn't have the criminal case. And then he just didn't want the trouble, apparently. So he went along with the civil case. He was deposed and gave an honest deposition based on the prosecutor assuring him that he would not be prosecuted. So he gave up his Fifth Amendment. And then that is the those are the words that the after it was a mistrial and they changed the statutes of limitations. That's when. The jury said that it was only after that information was introduced did they decide to convict him. But the, anyway, sorry. The best part. I feel bad. I feel bad that I'm. He got convicted in the county next to me. I'm in Bucks County. Oh, really? Oh. He got convicted in Montgomery County, I believe. Yeah, I don't think right? it's Montgomery done in County, the, I believe. I don't think it's done in the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. I wouldn't be surprised if his conviction gets overturned. Yeah, I but think the girl was at Temple University. I think she she either worked there or went there. That would so. be Philly, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure his court was in Montgomery County and I'm Bucks. Bucks and Montgomery are like, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm like 45. I'm like an hour from like that courthouse, but we are neighboring counties though, which is interesting. Keep so us like, posted yeah. on the Supreme Court. I was like, why the fuck is he here? Development. <laughs> so I the mean, best, it's not done yet. The best part of the entire Bill yeah. Cosby story is the way that he defends himself. Oh my gosh. Yes, and of course. One of the ways he defends himself is he does, he's done this multiple times, but the first time I noticed it was, he retweeted a tweet that Louis Farrakhan tweeted and he said, thanks, Lou. And he had an exclamation point. And then you click on the video that of the tweet that Farrakhan put out there. And it was a video of Louis Farrakhan talking to a congregation of women saying. Ladies. Bill Cosby don't need no quaaludes to have sex with you. He's powerful. And Bill Cosby retweets this. Thank you. See, I'm innocent. I mean, what? what like, I mean, it's horrible. Oh, so this there's is no what, way he watched that video. This <laughs> yeah. is no, I think he did. So this is why I coined the expression sacrificial wolf, because a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, you get that. But they, instead, they take the rights away from people who are totally unsympathetic, like Bill Cosby, so that you don't care. And Alex Jones, they are sacrificial wolves and he plays right into that. So I, I don't have any sympathy for him. But you got to defend the letter of the law because they well, that's the you thing all the time. Right. Right. You know, if you don't, they use it selectively. That's the problem. So they the John Corzine never even stood trial. Bill Cosby's in jail. Why? Because of the political things he says and because he was about to get another show. That's why he's in jail. Right. Well, that, that's always what I say about like just like uh, like uh, I'm like, well, yeah, that's why discrimination laws shouldn't exist. I'm like, I'm like, and people are like, oh, you want you want to be like you hate black people. I'm like, no, idiot. It's like it's because I'm like, if you can't, you know, if you can't choose your own business, what the fuck you want? Who the f- you know? Who, who are you to like? Why is the government choosing who you can't have in your own business if you work your whole life for that business? I'm like, I'm like, no, of course. I think it's morally irreprehensible to tell a black person you can't come to your right. store, but that's not my job to legally tell and, you. And now that like, it, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't associate with you, but that's not, yeah, that's me. Now that everything's online, that is an easily avoidable situation. So they're going to have to move the goalpost again, which they always right. do. But Binkley, I never yeah. got to ask you why uh, why you went into comedy and if you feel like it's changed. Or I just want a, a little overview. I want to lighten it up. I've been into comedy since I was a kid. I used to write when I was in high school. I would do jokes at the lunch table. And so I, I've always just been into it. I, I've, I've Seinfeld was one of my favorites as a kid. Um, 
yeah, I, I've always loved comedy. I've always loved um, making people laugh and just playing around and goofing off. And so Could you do the, the best of your comedy. Do you think that it would still fly today? A lot of it. No, probably not. Really? So, so some of it. Some well, I'd say this. I probably wouldn't do it today. Some some of it I wouldn't do today. But because, I mean, it's not like you are radical or controversial or anything like that, is it? No, it's well, some of it, the stuff that I did when I first started, it was uh, I think people tend to be a little more. Uh, you're stretching, you're, you're finding your boundaries a little bit when, when you first start. So you go too big, too small and you too controversial to whatever. And some stuff I would like, I, I used to, this is not, I never really, it's hard to do jokes that you don't like. You have to really like your material to, to deliver it, yeah. deliver it well. But there is a joke that I would do occasionally just because honestly, I would keep doing it just to see if it still worked because it always surprised me how well it worked. And this was probably 12 years ago. And it was, it was just about, um, they're thinking about building a wall between the United States and Mexico. And I would just pause for a moment because I've never seen a Mexican with a ladder. That was the whole joke. <laughs> and, and I would get applause breaks for that joke, but I, I wouldn't, I, I didn't even consider that a joke really. I'm just like a kind of a sarcastic comment, but doing that today, I think um, people would probably get mad. They, they'd it probably would, see it sure. as uh, yeah. yeah. Even though it doesn't really mean anything. It means nothing. nothing. It's, it's means stupid. Nothing. It's just, a, it's just a yeah, fleeting thought really. And, and, um, and some other hear, jokes. people yeah. see a white guy saying Mexican, they're like, right. no, that's it. Absolutely. That's it. They don't stay. And, there's no like nuance anymore. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of those, it was easier back when I was doing comedy a lot, doing improv and comedy a lot, this clear political divide in this PC. I mean, there's definitely PC culture, but it wasn't so clear where like you could recognize the trick. Everybody knew the words you're not supposed to say. Everybody knew what you're supposed to be outraged at, what topics it was. You could be controversial, you know, 10 years ago and not, not worry about someone going through all your old tweets and trying to ruin your life afterwards or people getting mad at you. Um, today, I think it's, I think it's segmented off. I think there's going to, I think people are going to have to know their crowds. So I think, well, that's what I was thinking yeah. before. Like you've got to, it's okay if you're in a silo, if you're preaching to the choir, but then it really loses all cultural power. Well, yeah, echo chambers I, I, are bad no matter what. I think. Say it again. Like echo chambers are bad. I think yeah, no matter what. Totally. There's so, no point to it. It's masturbation. Right. Speaking of but, which, I'd like to go back to Sam Kinison's old work and see if you know. Haven't listened to Sam Kinison basically since he died. I, I bet it would stand the test. Of oh, time. he. I mean, the he had a lot of anti-gay stuff. Oh, really? Oh, he hated. He was homophobic as fuck. Oh, really? Super. Oh, well, yeah. get it. no yeah. way. Dave Chappelle has a lot of stuff like that from the Chappelle show. Is it homophobic and it's, or is it? Well, no, he definitely. Uh, no, oh, oh, I don't know about Chappelle. Kennison, definitely. I think he hated. Yes, yes. People. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Chappelle. I don't think Chappelle hated. Gay oh, he's people, a good but, fuck. Yeah, he just. No, he observational just is different from hate. Yes. No, like Kennison right. has that bit about like uh, about, you know, uh, he doesn't understand necrophilia. He's like, imagine being a dead guy. He's like, oh, here I am being dead. He's like, hey. Hey, what's that? What's that in my ass? So, you know, like there's that whole bit. And I'm like, I, I don't even know if that would work today. People would be like, we well, can't fuck their body. Like, you know, it's like, well, yeah, no I shit. mean, it, it, this is the thing. It's like, <clears throat> I told somebody, uh, real liberal once, I said, it was a long time ago. 
and it was a joke. I said, what does Ted Kennedy have that Bill Clinton wants? And this is when the Jennifer Flowers scandal of Bill Clinton's mistress okay. uh, was ruining his uh, presidential campaign. A car accident. I'm older than you. Yeah. A dead girlfriend. <laughs> and I literally like it was I was at Stanford Law School, which was very liberal. And the the I told some guy and he and he was like totally deadpan. And I said, what? That wasn't funny. Did that offend you? And he said, no, but it could offend somebody. I yeah. Said, yeah, I think really offend the people who, who, who <laughs> wish their girlfriend was dead. Like, why is that? You know, why right. is that offensive? <laughs> you know, you can't necrophilia. Like, are, are we offending corpses? Like, right. Or, it's, or, dude, yeah, it's the, for necrophiliacs. Is it not? Comedy's supposed to offend a little bit. It's supposed to go up and, and it's supposed to make people think about things differently yeah. and, and and stretch the bounds of, of, of norms and stuff like that. So this idea that everybody is just ready to be offended about every what am I going to be offended about today? It's just. Yes, it's absurd. And it's exhausting for them. Exhausting. That's like, the dopamine hit. They yeah, want to be right. a little Michael bit Malice said it the best on Rogan not too long ago. And is he's like, it gives low status people the chance to feel good about themselves. And I was like, fuck, yeah, that's it. That's exactly that it. That's exactly the feeling that they get. It's a bunch of, and then like, I'm just, I'm just parodying what he said, but like, you know, it's, it's people who, who own nothing, don't have, you know, maybe in a relationship, but who gives a fuck, right? Uh, you know, like no real job, again, no real self-worth, maybe they, uh, their career is shit, but they get to wear a fucking mask or they get to fucking, you know, like be like, you said a bad joke, Pat, Pat, I'm great. It's like, you're, yeah. you would be dead 50 years ago, but because yeah. of technology and society today, right. you're still alive. That's it. That's it. And if you say yeah. that, you're an asshole. If I tell people right. that, I'm a fucking asshole. If I go, you're only alive because it's 2021. I'm like, you'd be dead if it was 1902, you fucking loser. I'm yeah, like, you don't yeah. have anything of value, but you think you do. It's like, it's like whatever. I know you got That's a good point. Here. No, that's but- a good point. I try <laughs> yeah. not to listen to, I, I never listen to that stuff, Michael Malice, whatever, because I don't want to have other people's ideas really good ideas be in the front of my brain. I need to like keep that empty so that if I have I any know. good ideas, I, I, so I, I always clip miss I heard stuff. too. I, I didn't even know why it was a clip I heard on fucking TikTok. I was like, damn it. Oh. But, but also though, yeah. but he said, I, I was always trying to find a way to kind of describe that and that's it. So I don't give a yeah, fuck yeah. that I saw. No, that he he, really, nails, he yeah. nails stuff. When, I saw when that really tweet. He me. tweeted that also. And yeah. I saw yeah. that as well. And I, and I had that same feeling. I, I wish it. I would have thought to say right, it. Right. Cause it was like, I, I was always trying to be like, well, you guys are stupid. I mean, that was, that's not it though. That was it. But like, that's that, what yeah. makes right. him such a genius yeah. is that he can put his fingers on that mm-hmm. stuff and articulate it, which is the same thing about comedy and even literature. I remember John Taylor Gatto said, you think you want to crack the code? You just read nonfiction and history and just all these like dig in. He said, but literature, literature right. that stands the test of time has, even if it just elicited or pulled out the a single human characteristic that had pr- been previously unidentified, it really enhances your understanding of the world and your community. And I think that that is what really good comedy that stands the test of time does. So let's hope that it doesn't die of COVID and racism. It won't, it won't die. It, it won't it, die. It, it'll, it'll yeah, it'll emerge definitely. I honestly think for people who, at least people that I know who are like in the closet, libertarians or Republicans, <laughs> yes. but they're in the acting and comedy community mm-hmm. and they don't ever 
really tell people what their real beliefs are, except to like me and, you know, one other person they know. And I I think that there's going to be more opportunities for people like that to actually express their true beliefs because uh, while the fragmentation is not, is not good overall, that does open it up for, okay, you don't necessarily have to only play to liberal type audiences. Uh, there's, there's these audiences aren't getting the type of comedy or entertainment from television or the internet. So you can go to them. There will be a stage in the tunnel. Yes, there will be. Um, I, I want to hear uh, if you have any heckling stories that are, are fun. I'll tell you one of mine. And so you give you a chance to think about it. Um, I, I, another, I'm not going to do the joke, but I used to do another joke that was insensitive at the time. And right. If I did it right now, I'd, that people would probably boom me off the stage. But um, it, it was about the ITT tech commercials from a while ago. And it's just how they put these bumps. I graduated from Audi Torn, ITT tech, the biggest <laughs> idiot in the world, just kind of yeah. promoting the fucking thing. And I would just talk about how when you graduated from uh, ITT tech, everybody, you get your degree and uh, everybody's wearing a headgear. All the handicap, all the spots are handicapped spots in the parking lot. Every, I, it was just real, I was just over the top about how stupid headgear. the people that go to ITT tech are. Yes. And because I made the comment about every parking spot in the parking lot, I like being a handicapped parking spot. Um, this, I, this, I started getting heckled from the crowd and uh, I really, I knew who the guy was. I knew it. Huh. I, I realized after the fact who it was, it was a guy that I had done improv with who is handicapped. He, he had, I can't remember what he has, but he walks with, with the limp. He's noticeably handicapped. Well, not to cut your story off, Brad, but like real quick, as a, as a improv performer himself, he should know not to fucking heckle. That actually pisses, the story just pisses me off no, now. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I was at an improv stand-up theater, so there was a lot of that going on. Oh, when, I would be yeah. like, hey, if I knew that, I would I would have words with him. At, I don't give a fuck handicap or not. I'm like, hey, man, yeah. you're a fucking performer. If you do that again, I'm fucking you up. And I don't give a fuck how handicapped. I'll make you more handicapped crazy you don't do that I, I did go talk to him afterwards crazy <laughs> after, I, I talked to him and april fool's day was coming up so i, I grabbed him his name was uh benji and um I, I i don't know why i wanted to do an april fool's day joke that was going to make me the butt of the joke but i just wanted to mess <laughs> with people and i was like come back here on it was, was going to be a tuesday on tuesday and i have a plan and here's what we're going to do and so I set this thing up and it was a big crowd and I was, I was doing stand up, and he was out in the crowd and I was like, I'm going to do that joke again. You start heckling me again. And then you get up. Cause he's, uh, he's noticeably, I mean, he's a handicapped person walks with a cane and like, like uh, uh, moves slowly and awkwardly. I was like, then you, you know, gimp your ass up to the stage. Like you're going to fucking beat my ass <laughs> and, and we'll, and we'll stage a fight. And we'll just fucking see what happens in the crowd. <laughs> and, and we did. And I got there. Oh, and I really? got a little joke. He started. Yeah, he started heckling me like we planned. And I, I gave I brought like some stuff for him to throw at me. Did and, he uh, win the fight? Did you let him win? Or well, he- what, what happened was this is I told nobody else there that this was happening. I, and because uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to see everybody fucking lose their shit. And so 
he started, he starts heckling and throwing shit up at me. And I was like, no, come on, man. That's uh." and then he starts like really challenging me. Then gets up, starts going, I'm going to whip your ass. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to fight a handicapped person, dude. And I like picked up the mic stand. I was like, dude, don't make me fight a handicapped person. He's, he's coming at me throwing shit. And then I was about to stop it and say, April fools, everybody. But before I could do that, the host of the show was so fucking terrified that I was really about to fist fight a handicapped guy that he dove up on stage and swooped the mic out of it. And, and he goes, Oh, April fools. Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, yeah, actually it is April fools joke. Oh my God. Oh, so he did. He ruined your joke. Yeah. Well, he, he thought he was saving everything because he thought yes, it was real. That's and, a great and, April yeah. fools joke. Yeah, it worked. It was fun. Um, yeah. You believe it or not. I really never have been really heckled really. Wow. How is that in, in my, possible? In my years Binkley. of comedy. That's it's, a job there's for not a lot. He likes yeah. to heckle. Well, no, I, I don't I've heckle. I've had people... Unless like, it's a baseball game. <laughs> I've had people Little like, league baseball games. <laughs> I've had people like talk during my set and I've had to like talk to people, but like yeah. as far as like a full on like... Fuck right. you, man. You suck. Never. Yeah, I've never I really had that. never have. I've you really never don't had see it. a lot of that. There's really not too much of that happens. Um, there are obnoxious drunks sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, probably definitely. So have you yeah. ever seen the clip of. Um, yes. Um, my, my, uh, Bill Burr and Bill Cameron. Hicks. Bill oh, Hicks the- going off on the woman <laughs> just losing his shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica, everybody watching, I'll find a link to this. And I'll Just put it in there. Just for talking or for heckling? I don't. She was being loud, but it did not merit the response that he gave. But I used to show this clip to people uh, who did stand up. People, the dogs are going crazy. Um, yeah, hold on one second. Sorry. We got Adam. Why don't you tell us how people can find you and that. then Binkley can fill it? All right, Binkley, finish your story. I would show this clip to people rap. because it was an excellent example of somebody completely losing their shit and just uh, massively, but then having a realization in the middle of losing their shit of of how the audience probably perceives him, and then recovering and making it hilarious. Still, he goes on really? this like. This, I mean, he gets the woman is the woman goes, you suck. And and Bill Hicks is like he tries to go through it and then he just stops. And he was like, he, you see him pause and he just starts going, you fucking cunt. I mean, he just loses yeah. it and he starts <laughs> dancing around the stage. I'm a fucking dumb fat cunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh yeah. Oh gosh, you completely blew up your scene there, buddy. What, what, but what, what, how'd he turn it around? He turned it around. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, he you're on the wrong mic now. You're on the wrong mic, okay. though. Yeah, you're on Doesn't the wrong mic. All right, I'll change it. Hold on one sec. Well, there you go. And now it sounds right. You're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> See, that's what happens with. Uh, it's good, it's good. Go. It's good, you're good. Guys, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes, he's going to have right. to edit this. Thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> but that's what he was doing, though. So like he like was really shit was going crazy. And then he started to then he sat down and I can't remember his exact words, but it took like just some awkward silence. And he was like <sighs> something like I really, uh, really lost it on that one. He just acknowledged the moment of the situation. He just called out that he really kind of just lost it there and went over the top. And he was like, I. You guys probably think I'm working on a new bit. Uh, Bill, I don't know about that joke where you're stomp around the stage, marching, calling a woman a fat cunt the whole time. I don't know if that material is really going to work for you, Bill. And then he just goes on about does another two minutes just mocking himself. 
Yeah. The, wow. the breakdown that he's what, it's, it's brilliant in my opinion. One of the, no I'll, wonder I'll, they killed him. Yeah, right. And real, real quick, and we got to wrap up. But one of the best ones I've ever seen was Bill Burr, the Opie and Anthony Traveling Virus Tour, 2007 or six, maybe a little earlier than that. Uh, Camden, New Jersey. The crowd was super drunk and disorderly. This is before Bill Burr was who he is now. And he was getting fucking heckled. And he's like, you know what? Nah, fuck you. I'm staying up here and doing my whole entire time. And he started trashing the city of Philadelphia so badly to their faces where they turned it around and they loved him because the whole time he'd be like and what else is in your fucking city oh you have a statue of rocky but not joe frazier who's from here because he's black and he can't handle that he's like fuck you and he looks down the time he's like eight more fucking minutes and he's like <laughs> and he did the whole time at the end of the crowd's like yeah yeah he got like, a stadium it was amazing it was some of that go watch that it's legendary i mean they start off booing him and he's just fighting with him but you slowly see he wins them over because he just yeah, keeps amazing. pushing it and pushing it. It's, it's he just, amazing. He wins balls. them over by making fun yeah. of them. Yeah. Like I because always, I always trash comedy. Come on, you have to understand trash comedy fans like like me who are like I'm I, I'm like one of those people also. Like we like that shit. Like oh, give it to us. Yeah, fucking be honest. Remy roast us. We, we like that. It's like it's like it is what it is. Well, he must have been right. Oh, he was. He was. He absolutely was. Yeah, yeah. He he, he was right. I know we got to go. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, it's no. I just <laughs> try to. Keep it tight, but uh, and I have I got something to do, but uh, so why don't you tell people, Adam, how they can find you maybe live and in person if that's yeah, really well, a thing yeah, anymore, right. and also some <laughs> of what you what they can find you online. Uh, any shows I have, you guys are gonna have to check me out. I, I post everything on my social, so just check, uh, check me out. At, What's your Adam, social? Stuff? Yeah, at Adam Nutter on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, Adam Nutter Comedy on Facebook and TikTok. Um, so I post all my, you know, show dates there. I don't have anything right now. Oh, I do tonight. But that's, <laughs> I mean, sorry, you should probably keep track of that because it kind of is tonight. Almost. It's tonight. Yeah, it's tonight. But that doesn't matter for people listening, really. So it's like, oh, it's uh, live. yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's they're already sold out. So it doesn't matter. So um, oh. for any future stuff, come on out. Uh, and then, yeah, my podcast, Cult of Us, I do with my good friend Neil Woods, my comedy podcast. But I am starting, is so what I want to talk to you about off air real quick. Um, I'm starting my individual libertarian solo podcast. I'm calling it The Porcupine. <laughs> so, <laughs> Perfect. Good so, uh, name. Yeah. Uh, I checked. No one else has that name. So That's gonna, amazing. Yeah, that so, is uh, good. So um, I'm launching that soon. I'm, uh, my, I'm, gonna, I'm just starting to get guests. So. I just want to, you know, it's yeah, not going to be live. Right I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing live episodes and recording it. So that will be yeah. very soon. And within March, for sure, April, it's be, so yeah. be on the lookout. But again, follow me on social for that. Uh, and droptent.com for all the other stuff. What's droptent.com? Oh, droptent, droptent's uh, my uh, podcast network that I co-own with my buddy, Neil. Oh, so, okay. Uh, so you do Cult of Us, of us on, there. on there. You're going to do Porcupine on there. I, I do Slapstick Sports on there, which is my sports podcast. But, you know, I do a lot of I do. But then huh? we have other podcasts on the net, network, too. Oh, the other com, other comics, uh, other nice. non-comics. We have like uh, we have a, uh, my friend Anna, who's on my tattoos. She started a podcast with her friend doing like a horror tattoo podcast. So, That's like, cool. yeah, it's, there's really? a lot of cool podcasts on the network that you guys can check out. So droptent.com. I'll take you there. I'll take you to all the uh, podcasts. Fantastic. Awesome. Sounds fun. Sounds, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. Thank All you. right. Well, that was such a refreshing change of pace. I really <laughs> wanted to. I knew hanging out with you guys this afternoon would be uplifting and cheerful and wash my brain out of the week of uh, just 
I mean, you don't know what a grind it is to spend hours every day reading the headlines <laughs> and just I don't know. I feel like I want to take a news holiday, but that's not that's oh, not yeah. happening anytime soon. So this is like a little a little mental break for us. So thank you very much for yeah, being thanks here. Thanks for joining thanks us. For having I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. And I enjoyed it, too. Thanks for those who could catch it live on Rockfin, but the video is going to stay up on Rockfin and then we're going to put the audio into our propaganda report feed probably one weekend. So it's a little early release for this Rockfin. was our first live show on Rockfin. Was it really? We had some. We've had a couple of live experiments, but this was our this is our first successful, I would say, live <laughs> show on Rock. So in the future, we will actually be able to invite people and not fear that we'll be sitting here for 45 minutes, whatever. Last time we tried to do it, it was a cocktail party. So by the time it actually went live or whatever, I was like not half in the bag. I was fully <laughs> Full in the bag. the bag. So I was like, I'm never doing another Rockfin live. It's not going to work, but it worked perfectly. Thank you. Thank you, Binkley, for your cracking the code on that. Yeah. Thank you all for uh, joining, for putting it together, Monica, and for joining there us, Adam. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Have a great show tonight, man. Yeah, you, right you, on. You, Break you, a leg. You. Thank you. See you all later. 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 <laughs>